I don't know what it is about bass, but sometimes you just need to get a little funky. But uh, it is currently snowing out here in Northeast Ohio, and looking out the window, there are few things as peaceful as looking at a good solid snow. And some people don't like that. Maybe it's just the Minnesota me, but man, sitting, looking out the window, wrapped in a warm blanket, warm mug of coffee, life can be sweet. So welcome to the Outside the Boxer podcast, and today we seek to openly look at ourselves and identify the things that we stumble on, because that's what I've been dealing with a lot recently. And we all have things that cause us to err, especially when we are not at our best. I mean, think how many times have you had like a a great day, a solid day, you got up, you got your workout in, you drank your 92 liters of water or whatever people tell you to drink. You held to the plan. And then just for bed, walk by that fridge and you open it up and you see, man, that cheesecake from the weekend. And right away your mind starts justifying it like, you paid $9 for that. If you don't eat it now, it'll go bad. Or worse, if you don't eat it now, someone else will eat it. So you fall into temptation and after you know, the seven minutes or so of happiness, devouring it, You feel terrible because you were on the path you set forth, but you stumbled. Now, self-discipline is something we should always be trying to build. And the definition of of self-control is restraint exercised over one's impulses, emotions, or desires. And we all set plans of some sort. And sticking to those plans is the challenge often. Our problems... A lot of times aren't these super hard puzzles that require like these intricate plans and all of our intelligence. Usually it's just we just don't follow through with our plans. I mean, being in the fitness industry, this is something we see every day. People generally know how to get in decent shape. You know, you work out consistently, you consume, consume proper nutrition, and you get adequate sleep. I mean, in talking with people who are looking to lose weight, never once in my whole life when I recommend they work out more or eat better, was their answer, really, what? No, I didn't know that. Nobody's ever said that. They know what to do. We all know what to do, but we just don't do it consistently, always. And knowing it and not doing it, that goes for just about anything. So in a National Geographic survey, 54% of Americans said they needed eight hours of sleep a night to feel well-rested. And 73% of Americans said they sleep less than eight hours each night. Now, I'm open to the idea that it's possible people either A, don't know how to tell time, or B, can't work out the tough math to figure out when eight hours would be up. But I think the much more likely answer is we know what to do, we just don't do it. And I do say we because I'm in the same exact boat, and and we all are. I mean, if we all did everything we set out to do, we would be teleporting across galaxies and no one would own any cats but we slip up we make errors our judgment gets cloudy because we're human but that doesn't give us an excuse for not getting things done so don't think that there are many people who have put decades of effort and work into keeping on the path staying sharp and building their personal discipline but they all started somewhere i mean everyone as a kid wants to eat that cookie Everyone as a kid wants to stay up late. Everyone as a kid has 
built a crash pad for mattresses and thrown their nephews that they were supposed to be babysitting off the roof. Okay, the last one may just be me. But the point is we all have impulses and we all need to learn to control it. It's a life skill. And we need to learn how to overcome these impulses so we can move forward in the direction we desire. So maybe our vice is, I don't know, food. Or maybe our vice is entertainment. Maybe our vice is attention. We all have our own battles to fight. But that doesn't mean there aren't strategies we can implement that work across all these areas, right? The bottom line, even the strongest of us has moments of weakness. Okay, hopefully knowing that people like Jocko Willink and David Goggins, they still have to fight the good fight every day. Hopefully that encourages us. It's not going to be easy, but in the very same way, even the weakest of us has moments of strength, and that is where we want to focus today, our moments of strength. We can set plans. We can set fail-safes when we are in our strongest moments to help aid our future selves who may not be in the same strong mindset at a given time. Okay, an example. Say sweets are your kryptonite, and trust me, I know their siren song all too well. So, picture this. After having a hard day of work, you know, coming home, I'm tired, I'm worn down, I'm stressed. Now, in this moment, having a stash of oatmeal cream pies in the cupboard, that's not my friend because I'm not in my optimal headspace. But, Luckily, yesterday, Luke, okay, the Luke who chose to go shopping after a morning workout when he was in a good mind space, he chose to get clean food and to avoid the little Debbie end cap. Yesterday, Luke is the hero to present Luke a lot of the time. And we all know there are multiple versions of ourselves on any given day. You know, right after the alarm clock goes off, Steve may not be the same person as post-coffee Steve. Right after a good meal, Steve may be a touch more laid back than after he stubs his toe, Steve. Okay, so knowing our moods, knowing our demeanors, our attitudes, our emotions, knowing all these things ebb and flow like a coffee on a bumpy road, that allows us to better set ourselves up for success. At Orange Theory Akron, I've always taught the early morning classes since we opened, and they have always been my favorite class to teach. And if you're a night person... Don't hate me. Okay, there's a reason I like the morning classes. And it's not because I like getting up at 3.30 in the morning. It's because the champion crew, that's what I call them, the champion crew, they get it done first thing before the craziness of their day gets in the way. They get it done and it sets the tempo for their whole day. And that's why I call it champion hour. Now, morning workouts don't work out for everybody best. But there's other reasons I really like the morning classes like think about how you feel after a workout okay you feel great you feel like you could conquer the world but when we are in our conqueror mode and it's 8 p.m not a lot of conquering happens at 8 p.m so not only does the champion hour get the win of getting their workout done first thing but they also get more wins through the day than they otherwise may have they set themselves up for success and honestly here nothing is happening at 4 a.m Kids aren't up at 4 a.m. There isn't traffic at 4 a.m. You aren't getting calls at 4 a.m. The thing that stops most people from taking the champion hour 4.30 a.m. class is just their mindset. They have a hard time conceiving getting up that early. But they could if they opened up their minds a touch. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that we face? 
Okay. Can we set ourselves up better for success with them? Okay. Maybe you're a person who you think you hit snooze too many times. Okay. Set your alarm clock across the room or get an alarm clock that, that they got those ones that like fly. It's like a little drone on it and it flies away and you got to like catch it to shut it off or get an alarm clock that sets your foot on fire. I mean, trying to keep it lighthearted here, but imagine what you could accomplish if we just conquered one, one of our vices. Now getting up an extra hour early, okay, to go work out or to write or to plan or whatever, it might not seem that big a deal, but what if that extra hour out of bed in the morning was the difference between your kid going to college or not? What if it was the difference between improving your marriage or not, between getting healthy or not? And often we view these, these tiny little victories from like an in-the-moment daily perspective, right? Yes, waking up and working out early one day is not going to make any change. That's 100% true. But if we pull back a little bit and we look at that from a monthly perspective, now we did it for a month getting up early, working out. Now we do it for a half year getting up early and working out. From a multi-year perspective, you know, we've been doing this for two, three years. Now our, change, our life has changed a bunch, but we got to broaden that perspective. I mean, think about... Like think about the last solid day you had, okay? Like literally when you got up, you started strong, you got really good coffee in you, and you rode that caffeine pony all the way to dinner time. How much did you get done in that one day? There are days which are way more rare than I care to admit, but there are days when I do pretty good consistently and when I conquer my impulses. And even if I looked at it from just a daily perspective, I get a lot accomplished. There are times when I get multiple podcasts done in a day. And there are other times when it takes me a week or more than a week. But if I were to focus and string together multiple highly productive days, man, I'd be, who knows what I could do. If any of us could do that, we'd be shocked at what we can do. Now, if we take those productive days and we turn them into productive weeks and we string together a few productive months, our whole life could change. If any of us could hold it together and give our best for two straight years, we could change the very fabric of what we consider reality. But instead, we often don't set ourselves up to better face our stumbling blocks. So to quote the Bible, Matthew eighteen seven, Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fires of hell. Now, this is a verse that has a pretty good share of controversy because it's the seriousness of the message, right? I mean, we're talking about Cutting off body parts, that's no joke. But I will say to the same extent, life is no joke either. I mean, even if you don't believe in the possibility of, say, like a hell, it's very clear that if we consistently stumble over and over and over again, it's causing our lives to fall away from our potential. And when we fall short, not only do we miss out on the happy, happy, fun times of a life well lived, but we also set the bar lower for those who follow us and those who see us. I mean, stumbling isn't always just personal. 
often it's generational, right? How many families have had alcoholism for multiple, multiple, multiple generations? How many families have had abuse problems or, or womanizing, right? I mean, kids pick up on so much and cycles often get repeated. We don't want that, okay? Going back to the Bible, Matthew 18, 6. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Okay, these are not, these are not easy words. These are strong, strong words, but it's because it's a serious subject. And these stumbling blocks may be more serious than we give them credit for. So I can understand the seriousness of the verse. Now, sure, in the moment, these errors may not feel like a big deal. When we stumble a little bit, maybe it's not that big a deal. But these moments add up, and they often add up to regrets. And they add up to a point of these regrets that a time in our life where we have, there's nothing we can do about it anymore. You know, like life has passed us by. Ten years have passed us by. And life can easily slip through our fingers if we're not careful. So when quarantine first hit in the spring, I got a chance to go home and spend time with my family for, I think it was about five straight weeks. And while I had some great times, and I'll never forget that, about once a month, it hits me hard how I wish I took that time more seriously. Because there were a lot of times where I was just watching TV with mom, or I only saw my brother's once or twice maybe you know because life got in the way and I look back at that about once a month and it hits me I regret it because it may never happen again and I may carry that burden I may carry that regret with me all the way to my potential grave if I don't first burst into pure energy and that is my plan but carrying regrets like clearly seeing in your mind what could have been to me that is the absolute worst to me, that's what I would call hell, like seeing wasted time, seeing regret. I can't imagine much worse than that. And to me, that's why the wording in these verses is so strong. So what are the things that are holding us back from who we want to become? And how can we cut those things out that cause us to stumble? There are times when I have a very addictive personality and I will fall into ruts that can last a long time if I'm not careful. And I've learned this about myself and I've taken steps to remedy it. But when I take the steps, I'm not in my weaker mindsets. I take the steps when I'm in a strong frame of mind, right? I take the steps when I'm strong to compensate for when I'm weak. I put fail-safes. I make plans when I'm strong because I know that there'll be times when I'm not quite as adamant, not quite as strong. And this has allowed me to cut away some of these stumbling blocks. So, I mean, I haven't owned a TV in a long time, maybe maybe a decade. And that is by design because in the past, I would spend hours just chilling and watching movies, playing video games, just being unproductive. And finally, one day I had enough. And I didn't think about how life would be without a TV. I didn't think about how I would spend my extra time. I didn't think at all. I took a dramatic step and I got rid of my TVs. And I've never gotten them back. And it's literally changed the direction of my life. But I couldn't do it when I was weak. I couldn't do it when I was comfortable watching football or playing a video game. I needed to have some emotion that got me fired up. And while the iron was hot, I made a decision that future Luke, who is now present Luke, 
is still thankful for. And now after much reflection, especially recently, like quarantine, if it hasn't done anything, it's, it's caused reflection. But I think it's time for me to make another dramatic cut and to remove what I think has probably been the greatest stumbling block for me in my entire life. And I think I'm going to cut out the internet because I am a total information black hole. And one of the reasons I don't sleep more than three or four hours a night is that I get caught up in taking in information, you know, reading books, reading articles, watching YouTube videos. And the more I look at that time, the more I realize it's, it's a waste. Now already at my house, at Gypsy House, I don't have Wi-Fi, but I still got my phone. And the next step for me, I think, is getting just a basic talk text phone without internet. And I've thought a long time on it, and I think it's the way to go for me personally. I mean, just I'm thinking right now, like, if I didn't have my phone, the thought of being home, no connection to the internet, my mind scrambling to find things to do, you know, being creative and a little bit more productive, that, that excites me. Now, obviously, this is my vice, and this is what I think is best for me. But I'm sure every one of us can reflect and find a few things that we think may be keeping us, keeping us from expanding. And these things often are, are things that scare us a little bit. Things that when we think about them, they may be too big for us to change. But things that, things that we may have the courage to take on when we are in our stronger mindsets. And personally... In, in cutting some of these things, I think actually being dramatic about it helps because when we make like small, slight changes, often we don't invigorate our emotions, all right? Like a little tiny change if you're going to go from working out once a week to twice a week, that's not making a big difference in your life. But when you do like massive life-altering swipes of the blade, you know, as you cut away something that has in some ways become a part of you, man, that gets the senses. It's like a little slap to the face. Think about some of those things. So maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like an unhealthy relationship, okay, that you've been in a while and you always talk negatively about, but you never do anything about it because it's scary to be alone, all right? Maybe it's something like drinking and it comforts you in your downtimes. It helps you to take the edge off. But sometimes I think it's that very edge that makes us uncomfortable enough to take a drastic step in the new direction. You know, I actually think the dulling of edges hurts us more in the long run. If we are actually taking cuts and we're bleeding, at least we're forced to confront whatever it is that's cutting us. Because life slips away unnoticed. I mean, we are all pretty capable when we are given the right motivation. And when we take the edge off, we, we lose that motivation. The edge, the pain, the uncomfortable feeling in our tummies. We... We don't like it, and that's why we need it. It keeps us moving. It's, it's comfort that slowly drains us, not pain. I mean, if something's painful, you, you change, right? If I'm standing and I stand on an uncomfortable rock, how long do you stand there, right? But think about a time like you've sat on a couch or like uh, one of those old uh, like hideaway beds, right? When you'd sit on a couch and like it have that hideaway bed and it had that bar in the middle, like you'd sit there and you sit there for two minutes and you move. But if it's a big squishy couch, oh man, you can sit there all day because it's comfortable. Now, 
maybe you're like me and your phone is a problem. And it's not only become like an extension of yourself, it's become one of your best friends. It's become your portal to the world. It's become, in a lot of cases, like your social interaction. I mean, if I didn't have my phone, obviously at the studio and stuff, I'm talking with people. But if I didn't have my phone, I really limit how many people I talk to. But I think the social media and the social interaction on my phone makes me feel like I'm actually meeting more people than, than is actually happening. So if, if you're a phone you want to get away from your phone and you want an accountability, you know, let's do it. My hope is this week I'll find a basic phone that has an actual keyboard. I just do not want to have like the, the nine digit where you got to hit freaking the number nine three times to get a X or whatever. I, do, I don't want that. I want a full keyboard. So hopefully I can find it. Now, going to be completely honest, I still am going to have access to the internet. I'm still going to have access to social media. But I'm putting that access in a place where my mind is forced to be more cognizant of its actions and where it's strong. So I'm going to put my phone at the studio. Okay, I don't see myself driving to the studio so I can spend three hours watching fail videos. But I know that on a weekly basis, I do that at Gypsy House because that's where my mind gets weak in comfort. So I'm going to take this this thing, that this phone, this internet, this access, where I don't feel like I currently have the amount of responsibility to handle it. I'm going to put it in a place where I'm stronger. That's my strategy. So reflect on your life a bit. You know, go take a walk. What are the things you continually stumble over? Okay, your first step, clearly identify them. Now, is there a way not to appease these things or attempt to control them? Okay, is there a way where it's not a slight, slow process? Is there a way that you can cut them clean from your life? Okay, I'm talking life-changing, stepping out into the unknown. If so... Get into the right frame of mind to make the jump. Remember, like once you jump off a cliff, once you send the first domino crashing, it's too late to turn back. And we can use that to our advantage. Set in motion something that once you set in motion, it can't stop. Okay, now you're forced to deal with it. And it, hopefully, we're choosing something that forces us to change for the better. I remember when Travis signed up for that Ironman. It was expensive. It was like 800, 900 bucks and we had to buy a bike and all that kind of stuff. But we did it, especially together, right? We, we signed up for this together because we were a little more, you're a little more courageous when you got support, when you got friends. And we signed up for that thing. But after we signed up, it's like, all right, we set things in motion. Now we got to deal with it. And it forced us to train more, to learn how to swim. And it was good. But if we hadn't, Spent that 900 bucks or whatever it was, the odds of us training were slim. So set something in motion that forces you to change for the better because that's all we can do in this world. We can just get a little better. So when you're strong, when you're confident, when you're motivated, hell, even when you're angry, sometimes that is when you feel like you can make a dramatic action that will change you. And it'll change you now, not slowly over the weeks, now. Remember that you are far more resourceful than you can imagine. You are way more creative than you give yourself credit for. Right now, just think of all the fires you have pulled yourself out of over the years. You'll figure it out. But if we sit in comfort, we can talk about things and we can think about things and we can plan for things and we cannot get one damn thing done about it. So get out. Go away from the comforts of your home. Think about 
what isn't serving you, what isn't serving your family. Identify it. Name your enemy. Then work out a plan to vanquish it. And in that plan, make sure you keep in mind the places you have struggled before. Plan for them. Give yourself a backup in those places. Give yourself support in those places. Prepare for those places. Don't expect yourself to be flawless. Don't expect to to never slip up. I mean, think about, I mean, besides the crazy loons who free climb, right? Climb mountains without anything. Even expert mountain climbers give themselves a line in case they they slip up because they plan ahead. Okay, they take into consideration they may slip up and it allows them to climb to the top of the world, right? So plan for those things. Plan for slip-ups. We can figure it out. We'll be fine. So to all my family in Ohio, be safe in the snow. It's going to be uh, interesting driving for the next couple of days. But get out. Open your minds. Be good to one another. Cut yourself free from one tie that binds you. And then go change the world.